Welcome to the Tom VoiceOver Podcast. This is episode three, and it is March 2nd, 2023. And I wanted to jump right into a preview of By the Light of Dead Stars by Andrew Van Way. This is chapter 13. This is exclusive content, folks, um, not something you're going to find within the retail sample or anywhere else. So I'm going to go ahead and play it because it's about 14 minutes long and you guys enjoy. Um, you can look for By the Light of Dead Stars, which is the first book in the Beyond the Lost Coast series. So there'll be several more of these coming out, I'm so glad to say, on uh, Audible as an audiobook, or you can buy the Kindle and or hardcover or paperback version on Amazon. I wanted to quickly mention and give you guys a little bit of behind-the-scenes uh, look here. The uh, voice of Randall in the clip you're about to hear is borrowed from uh, my library of voices inside my head. You may recognize that same voice used as The Stranger in The Unkind Hours by Dwayne Alexander Smith that I recorded a few years back. He also pops up in other places, too. He was the sheriff in Midnight Rain, which was another book that I just did recently. So, without any further delay, By the Light of Dead Stars, Chapter 13. Chapter 13 Lloyd Bedencourt's nineteen-year-old body tingled and twisted every time someone stared at him. He wanted to become vapor. And yet here he was, driving down from the mountains and across town, dozens of eyes turning upon him. Most people stared, mouths agape. Several waved or pointed at his vehicle as if he didn't know what he'd done. A few even screamed as he drove past. Children, mostly, plus that hippie who ran the vegan bakery. Lloyd might have laughed if he wasn't so worried. His stepdad was going to flip out when he saw the dented pickup truck, the blood-stained hood, and the deer embedded in the grill. Well, what was left of the deer? He gunned it through the south entrance to Raven's Valley and stopped at 77 Palo Verde. He executed a three-point turn and reversed into the garage. He left the front of the pickup jutting out. Then he got the hose. He wasn't sure if the deer had died when he first struck it or in the panicked minutes that followed. But now, looking at the red mess in the grill, he knew nothing could have survived. Not without its legs. With a bucket, a mop, and a lot of coughing and gagging, Lloyd pried the broken limbs and antlers from the metal and plastic. He sprayed the truck down several times until the water was pink and foamy. He swept the remains into a pile at the edge of the driveway and started hosing again. That was when he heard the rumble. A classic Camaro's 454 big block engine sounded like no other car on the road. It burbled and purred, and if you knew who was behind the wheel, it put a knot in your gut. Shit, Lloyd murmured. Shit, shit, shit. His muscles tensed. He had done most of his vertical growing and was filling out horizontally now. Pretzels and pizza and hot pockets over the past several months had given him a gut that he noticed when he slouched. And he always slouched when Randall was around. Jesus Christ, Randall said, parking the jet-black 68 Camaro in the driveway and stepping out. 
Jesus fucking Christ, Lloyd. I got three calls, three different phone calls, all telling me someone's driving the company truck through town like a goddamn serial killer. I didn't know what to do, Lloyd said. The deer, it just... Well, what you don't do is take Main Street with Bambi's broken ass sticking out of the grill. God almighty, just look at this mess. Randall stood there for a moment, hands on his hips, thumbs tucked into his duty belt. As a veteran, a former cop, and now a security guard, he kept his posture rigid, as if inspecting the world and finding it out of line. His uniform was crisp, the logo glistening in the late afternoon light, Ravens Valley Community Safety. Lloyd never felt safe with his stepdad around. I'm sorry, Randall, he said. It happened so fast I couldn't stop. Of course it happened fast. You think a deer will throw itself in front of you all slow-like? And where the hell were you anyway? Lloyd swallowed. He knew Randall didn't like him driving the pickup, especially now that it was a work vehicle. But he'd sent him to drop off that pool table he'd resold on Craigslist. He never said which way to come home, so Lloyd took his time, cranking up the music, getting lost on the mountain roads for fun and gunning it on the straightaways, laughing for the first time in months. Until the deer stepped onto the asphalt. I was just driving back, Lloyd said. What took you so long? You weren't joyriding, were you? They only had one person to take delivery. You know how heavy it is. Of course I do. Bent my back just putting it in there. Except he didn't, Lloyd thought. Lloyd hired those Guatemalans at the Home Depot, and they helped load it in. Randall just complained they were scratching the bed. Randall and Lloyd stood there a moment and studied the ruined grill, two men who didn't know how to talk to each other. Then a gasp broke their silence. Heavens, what a horrible mess, my goodness! Lloyd turned to greet his mother, Diana. A grocery tote hung from her arm, a bottle of wine and some bread poking out. She was dressed in her realtor's best, that salmon pink outfit from Neiman Marcus that Randall called a lesbian power suit, but Lloyd kind of liked. When she dressed up nice, she looked confident and strong. Perhaps one day she'd be strong on her own. Lloyd told his mother what happened while Randall eyed him, no doubt searching for holes in the story. All the while she just shook her head and said, Awful, just awful, that poor little thing. She noticed Lloyd's blood-splattered pants. And how about you, sweetie? Are you doing all right? Of course he's all right, Randall said. That's 6,000 pounds of American steel. It's my premiums that are fucked again. Lloyd nodded. Yeah, I'm fine. You look nice, Mom. She smiled. Thanks, and good news. It looks like I just sold the last house in Ravens Valley. Grats. Grats? Randall asked. What, congratulations is too hard to say? Lloyd ignored him for now. He knew his stepdad's moods and they could be misdirected at best. He said, We should celebrate. I'll help you with dinner when I'm finished. Why don't you all head inside? Well, aren't you a gentleman? She gave him a kiss on the cheek and a pat on the shoulder. After fifteen minutes of cleaning, Lloyd bagged the limbs and clumps of fur, the antlers and entrails. He put it in a second bag and dropped it in the garbage. The sun was setting. 
the fog rolling through the dry hills and setting over Raven's Valley. He listened to the chorus of crickets. Sometimes he thought he could hear patterns in their songs. Inside, he showered off and helped his mom finish prepping dinner. Despite living here for several months now, they were still getting used to the new kitchen, the built-in appliances, and all the nooks for pots and pans and utensils. It was impressive, this thoughtful design. The only thing he didn't like was Randall's massive saltwater fish tank. The aquarium took up the entire shelf between the kitchen and dining room. Lloyd could hear it burbling late at night. All the fish lit up by that purple glow that suffused the walls. Lloyd, make yourself useful and fetch me that six-pack of Fogwalker, Randall said. He was sitting at the kitchen table and reading the newspaper. He hadn't lifted a finger to help. You know that crap from the farmer's market. Lloyd glanced down at the cutting board and the knife. I am being useful. Randall lowered the paper and gave Lloyd a cold gaze. Aw, hitting that deer make you cry? Don't get all soft on us now. Come on, chop chop. Lloyd wiped his eyes, surprised to see that, yes, they were watering. Stupid onion. His mom gave his hand an affectionate pat. I'll finish up here, sweetie. He washed his hands and went to the back porch, searching for the beers. There's no fog walker, Randall, just Coors. That's because it's downstairs, genius. Sighing, Lloyd went to the hall and opened the basement door. He could hear Randall speaking quietly. That kid of yours, I swear, I give him chance after chance and he does nothing but fumble. He's had a rough couple of months, his mom whispered. We need to be patient. Besides, he's not in the best headspace. Headspace, safe space, these kids and their trigger warnings. Babe, the world is in Sesame Street. We're not doing the future any good by sanding down all the corners. Lloyd lingered there at the top of the basement stairs. He could only hear the rustle of the newspaper, the sizzle of chopped onions and beef in the skillet. Then he descended. The basements of Raven's Valley were ample and thoughtfully designed, built to be used as game rooms, home theaters, or second offices. For the Betancourt family, it served as storage. There was a place where the contents of their old houses still lived in boxes and suitcases, where paintings and family photos leaned against the walls, awaiting rehanging. To Lloyd, it was a reminder that there was life before Randall, a life where his dad slept next to his mom, and her practiced laughs didn't scream of sadness. Lloyd found the six-pack of Fogwalker Ale near the crawl space. As he walked up the stairs, he read the label. He'd tried alcohol the past year in college and quite enjoyed it. He'd tried other things, too. Things that you chewed or placed on your tongue. Things that expanded your mind and cast your thoughts across the darkness of space. He didn't like those things. He was halfway up the stairs when he heard the whisper over his left shoulder. Death. Pausing at the landing, Lloyd looked around. He knew he'd heard a voice, some effeminate whisper from the shadowy depths. Hello? Death. Hmm? You wear it upon you. 
A shiver wormed up Lloyd's back and curled under his shoulders. He heard it, yes. He heard a woman's voice near the bottom of the stairs. And yet all he found was a group of cardboard boxes, a crawl space that descended into the depths of the foundation, and some dusty framed art prints that once hung on the walls of his old house. Armando the Great. The poster was an antique, a relic from the 1920s and printed in the Art Deco style of the time. Armando's pale skin and purple turban-wrapped head floated over faded text proclaiming, See, the greatest mentalist in the Midwest. Hear a personal reading of your aura, your essence, your lucky numbers. Discover past lives uncovered and futures to choose. Armando the Great awaits you at the Embridge Expo and Festival of Curiosity, Fort Darrow, California, October 5th to 13th. Lloyd knew every inch of the poster. He had stared at it as a child, frightened by the man's sharp jawline, his goat-like beard, and how the head hovered among the swirls of paint like it lived on its own. But it was Armando's piercing eyes that always bothered Lloyd, eyes that seemed to follow him as he walked past. It was those eyes that were wrong, Lloyd realized. Hadn't they always been open? but now one was shut. Carefully, slowly, he reached out and rubbed dust from the glass. Armando's left eye. Did it just twitch? Death, a voice whispered. Hmm, I can smell it upon you. You walk at the edge of the nether. The nether? Lloyd realized he'd said it out loud. He could see his breath fogging the poster's glass. When had he gotten so close? You can mold a great key with your hands, Lloyd Betancourt. A key to stretch across the cosmos. A key to fray the veil. A key. A shadow crossed the basement door and fell over the poster. Jesus, Lloyd, what's taking so long? Randall asked. Here, just give me that. With a sigh, he descended the stairs and took the beer. He paused to study his stepson for a moment, as if really seeing him for the first time in months. You doing okay? I was... Lloyd swallowed and looked at the poster, where Armando the Great's ever-tracking eyes stared back, both of them open. What, just playing with yourself? Damn, kid, we gotta get you a girlfriend, or a boyfriend, or whatever. Randall gave Lloyd a double pat on the shoulder, the closest thing to a hug he was capable of. Come on, dinner's ready. Lloyd followed him up the stairs, pausing to look back at that poster sitting before the crawl space. Armando the Great, his floating head, and those eyes. As Lloyd turned out the basement light, he was certain of one thing. Armando the Great winked once again. Okay, so that was By the Light of Dead Stars, Chapter 13. Kind of give you a snippet without too many spoilers in there, so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, again, this book is going to be out, uh, audiobook will be out within eh, 
three or four weeks on Audible. And I'll make an announcement when that comes out. And I will have promo codes for it as well, which I will uh, announce here on the podcast, as well as on facebook.com slash tomvoiceover. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Tom VoiceOver Podcast. You can always find me at tomvoiceover.com. I've got audiobook demos on there, as well as my commercial demo and my narration demo, and all kinds of other fun stuff. Connect with me, tom at tomvoiceover.com. Talk to you soon.